The Bible Study Podcast, episode 183. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with the study of Elijah. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to continue with the study of Elijah, but we're going to wind this down. I'm not going to do Elisha, and I am going to try and tackle some of Revelation. We'll see how far I get with that study. So we're going to be in 2 Kings 1 on this episode, and then next week we'll wrap up the study of Elijah with the next chapter. After Ahab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Ahaziah had fallen through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and injured himself. So he sent messengers, saying to them, Go and consult Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, to see if I will recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Go up and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going off to consult Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So Elijah went. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you come back? A man came to meet us, they replied. And he said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and tell him, This is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending men to consult Baalzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, you will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. The king asked them, What kind of man was it who came to meet you and told you this? They replied, He was a man with a garment of hair and a leather belt around his waist. The king said, That was Elijah the Tishbite. So we have the king here who's been injured and wants to know if he's going to survive. And again, he is consulting false gods. And you may recognize this Baalzebub is probably one of the origins of the word Beelzebub. Now, of course, in the New Testament, Beelzebub is one of the words that is used to indicate the devil. Jesus is told that he is casting out demons because he is a servant of Beelzebub. And the connection between these two is not that firmly established, but it is likely these two words are related. And in any case, it is probably accurate that if he is not referring to the one true God when he is sending message to see if he will live or whether he will die, then basically he is consorting with the devil. That when we put other gods or other idols in the place, we are playing into the hand of the devil and the devil's desires that we take our eyes off God. And so basically this king has taken his eyes off God and he is looking for his answers in another place. But God knows this. That is because he is God. And so he sends Elijah, who intercepts these messengers and gives the king exactly what he is not looking for, exactly the answer from the one he didn't want to get an answer from. Then he sent to Elijah a captain with his company of 50 men. The captain went to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of the hill, and said to him, Man of God, the king says, Come down. Elijah answered the captain, If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his men. At this the king sent to Elijah another captain with his 50 men. The captain said to him, Man of God, this is what the king says, Come down at once. If I am a man of God, Elijah replied, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. Now, you may sense a pattern here. First of all, we have Elijah who was praying in a contest against the prophets of Baal, this very God that the king has sent off word for. And 
it was proved in that test that Baal was a false god. And it was proved by fire coming down from heaven. So this is probably not coincidence. And then again, we have Elijah calling down fire from heaven. And again, if he is a man of God, again, you're sending for him, you're commanding him as if he were a servant. Well, he's a prophet of God. He serves somebody greater than the king. And the king doesn't get this message the first time, and he doesn't get it the second time. Because he's going to send a third person to Elijah. And likely, the third person is going to end up crispy, just like these first two. But again, what's lost here is this understanding. And very quickly, after Ahab dies, we've lost again the understanding, even the fear of God, the sense that God has power and that his prophets should be treated accordingly because they speak forth for God. And so they're coming and commanding him and calling him man of God. Well, if he is a man of God, as he says, then you should be careful how you say that. So the king sent a third captain with his 50 men. The third captain went up and fell on his knees before Elijah. Man of God, he begged, please have respect for my life and the lives of these 50 men, your servants. See, fire has fallen from heaven and consumed the first two captains and all their men, but now have respect for my life. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. He told the king, this is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel for you to consult that you have sent messengers to consult Baalzebub, the god of Ekron? Because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So he died, according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Did you notice that phrase, this is what the Lord said, is there no God in Israel for you to consult that you have sent messengers to consult Baal Zebub, the God of Ekron, keeps getting repeated. This is God's point in this story. Is there no other God that you are going to false gods? Do you, have you forgotten me so much? Have you forgotten even what Elijah was able to do in your father's time that you are consulting again these false gods? You are again consulting the gods in Ekron instead of the God in Jerusalem instead of the God in Samaria. And this is the main point that God has again and again with these people until he finally tires of them, until he finally gives up on them. And that day is coming very quickly where he will send Assyria and Assyria will take the northern people into bondage and they will never be heard from again. And this chapter wraps up this way. Because Ahaziah had no son, Joram succeeded him as king in the second year of Joram, son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. As for all the other events of Ahaziah's reign and what he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? Now, one thing I should point out is that there are two different accounts of these time periods, the first and second kings and the first and second chronicles. Now, kings tends to be focusing more in the northern kingdom and Chronicles more in the southern kingdom, and Chronicles focuses more on the time before the splitting of the kingdoms. In fact, it isn't until Second Chronicles that Solomon uh, becomes king and asks for wisdom. And so you'll see more of what's going on in the southern kingdom at the same time period as this in that book. And I think it's about chapter 10 that of Second Chronicles that the two kingdoms split apart. So it's an interesting parallel reading to read First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles sort of together. You'll probably run out of Kings before you run out of Chronicles. That, I believe, is a longer book as well. 
this is going to be a little shorter episode because I want to save the next chapter, the last chapter, talking about Elijah and the transition from Elijah to Elisha uh, for next week because that's going to be too much to cover here. So we're going to end this episode here. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. As always, thanks so much for listening. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.